Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. God bless you. You may be seated. It is a joy for my son and grandson to be with me. And it is true, uh, the district board was going to sell the old church building. And uh, there were two or three ladies that were able to attend periodically. And I said, well, wait just a minute. Uh, My my father-in-law was on the board at that time. And he he said, uh, let me talk to Bob and let's see what they can do from Cutler. And this church is here today because they didn't sell that building. And so I pastored that. Uh, I pastored two churches, Cutler and Sparta, for two and a half years. And of course, we were in Cutler for ten years, almost ten years. And I love this area of Illinois. I love it. I, it just brings me so many wonderful, wonderful memories. Thank you, Pastor, for your vision. Thank you for your dedication, you and your family. I honor you. I give you praise. And I thank God for almost every day. I thank God for you and what's going on here. And if I start naming people, I might miss somebody. I baptized you. I baptized you. I baptized you. I baptized you. I'm glad, where is he back there somewhere, baptized? Yes. The last person I baptized, where where is he? He's hiding way in the back. Okay. When I was in Cutler, I I, I baptized. I I, I wanted to just say, uh, I want to take a little liberty here. Uh, We'll get out at 2 o'clock, right? Something like that. Or maybe two after one or or two before one or whatever. (laughs) It was an honor and a privilege to be a pastor in Southern Illinois. The first time I preached a youth rally was in the old church in Sparta. And it was at that time that Brother and Sister Dennison presbyter at that time, he asked me to consider helping them open the church again in Cutler. 62 years ago. I was 19. I didn't even have a license. Come on, guys. And uh, I'm not going to make this whole story about, about me and about Cutler or about Sparta because I want to elevate Jesus Christ in this message. But all those years I have, I have been depending upon the Lord. And so, Brother and Sister Dennison and I, we started. 
And years and years ago, I talked to them uh, early on. I said, we, we, we need Jesus. We still need him. And uh, 62 years later, we still need him. And the writer, a writer in Galatians said it this way, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you are now made perfect in the flesh. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's so important. We still need Him. There, there's never going to be a day or a time when we can do anything for the Lord on ourself. We have to depend upon Him in our personal lives, in our homes, in our churches. Why? He is the source of the strength. He is our wisdom and our guide. He is our help in the time of need. We still need Him. And after all of these years of ministry, I still need Him. Every day I need Him. Some time ago I read a, a, a story about a a young man kind of reminded me of, of myself. He was working in a grocery store. Uh, it wasn't Campanella's in Willisville. It was somewhere else. Oh, I got some people who remembered that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, he said, uh, I, I think the Lord's called me to preach. So I'm, I'm going to stop bagging groceries and stocking shelves and sweeping the floor, and, and I'm going to answer the call, and I, I'm, I'm going to be an evangelist, and I'm going to go out and preach. And, of course, uh, the, the store owner he tried, to, tried to discourage him from doing that. I mean, he, he was saying, well, why don't you just try it once in a while? And No, no, he said, I, 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 I'm, I'm young, and I, I'm confident, and I'm adamant about this and I'm decision, and I'm I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do it. Kind of reminded uh, me a little bit, but, uh, well, so he quit his job. And uh, he went out. Uh, a little time passed. <laughs> he, uh, I think it was about eight weeks or so, he came back. And, uh, of course, he was red-faced. And he said, uh, uh, could I have my job back? And the boss said, well, I thought you were called to preach and that you were going to be a great preacher. And you said the Lord had called you to preach. Well, the young man thought a minute and he replied, well, Here's the problem, sir. He called me before he heard me. 
God has always known that what we and what we will need, and we will need him. The Lord never intended for us to do it on our own. Are we so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that now we think we could be made perfect in the flesh? There's never, ever, ever a time when we can do spiritual work in the flesh. Well, this church, I, I'm so, um, when are you going to build? Come on, you've got property now, you've got houses and lands, and I don't know how far the block goes, but it's all the way. It, you, you, look, this is almost full. I mean, you'd have to. If you, if you got 15 more people in here, hmm, some of us would have to stand. Come on. Uh, I'm not. For, for this church to grow, and it's going to grow, it's going to grow, you got to have more room. Make another statement in Sparta, Illinois. For this church to succeed, it's not going to be by might, nor yet by power, but by His Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. This church, this church, the global church, the United Pentecostal Church in North America, the global church, and, and the church in Sparta will always need Him in every service, in every sermon, in every Bible study, in every program, in every activity. We always will need Him. Every pastor, every preacher, every Sunday school teacher, every musician, every praise singer will still need Him. When we forget the source, we will lose the anointing. We, if we forget the source, we'll lose the power. If we forget the source, we will lose the direction. We still need Him. The man was Robert. For some reason or another, he, uh, in his early 60s, he, because of diabetes, he lost his eyesight. So I'm a real planner. Uh, if you haven't known that, I, I, I was a real planner. And there was a time when we had... One time, we had uh, 350 at Sunday school in color. 350. Yeah. Uh, have you had that many yet? You can do it. You can do it. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. So, 
I was a, I was a planner. I was really trying to plan everything, and 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 we trained everybody, and we, and some of you might might be here uh, that we had that special special Saturday before Easter Sunday, and uh, we had everybody lined. We're going to go to we're going to go to Percy. We're going to go to Willisville. We're going to Butler. We're going to we're going to evangelize. We're going to knock on every door. I don't know how those areas, but uh, this was a special time, a really special, special time. And so I got everybody ready, and we were just getting ready to, to let everybody go out. And in walks the troublemaker. Sammy, Sammy Pierce, the troublemaker. He was like 12 or 13. I can't remember how many times I had him to come up and sit on the front pew because he was just, he was just energetic and, and a lot of energy, and, and he would talk out, and he would say amen at the wrong time. And I and, and so and I saw his mom and dad leave and come on, don't don't do this. Come on, don't do this. And so, at that time, Brother Brawley was the superintendent. And uh, now, don't ask me about what I had for supper yesterday, but you, anything you know, fifty, sixty. Years ago, it's okay. Yeah. So he said, Brother Bob, I'll, I'll take him. I'll watch over him. I'll, I'll make sure he behaves himself. I said, well, okay, good luck. And so uh, shorten the story. They did, in Willis, they did Willisville and, and, and they did Percy. And, and so I think the last house on the street Brother Brawley said, well, I, don't, I don't think. No, uh, Sammy said, let's go there. Let's go there. Something like that. And so he knocked on the front door. And you know, if you knock on the front door for a while and nobody comes to the door, what do you do? Well, you just leave. No, you don't leave. You go around to the back door. And you knock on the back door. And so there was a, a blind man sitting in a swing under a grape harbor in the backyard, and so when Sammy knocked on the door and said, anybody home? <laughs> and Robert said, I'm here. I'm here. He turned around, and he went down to the swing, and he talked to Mr. Huddleston. Remember him now? And uh, he said, I want you to come to church tomorrow. Well, he said, I'm blind. I, I can't drive. I can't, I can't go, go anywhere. I can't do anything. There's a purpose to this story, so just stay tuned. Sammy said, well, we'll, we'll come by and pick you up. We've got buses. We've got cars. We've got vans. We'll pick you up. Well, he said, oh, what kind of church is it? 
Pentecostal church. Okay, he said, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be ready. So the church was full, I mean, more fuller than this. The mayor was there, and uh, I was really at my best. I was just, <clears throat> and I didn't want anything to go wrong. And here comes Sammy with this blind man who walks across, all the way across, and sits right there in the second row. The program went good. Sister Rodenbush did well, and everything went nice, and I kind of think I preached okay. I hope. I, 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 I tried. So I'm getting ready to, to, to close, and I recognize the mayor and other people who were kind of famous in Southern Illinois. Kind of famous. <laughs> and uh, this blind man stands up. Before I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to close, the blind man stands up. Preacher, could I say something? Oh my God. Come on. Play. She she wouldn't. Could I say something? Well, everybody's looking at me, looking at him, looking at me. Okay, here's what he said. Pastor, he said, years ago in Arkansas, me and my buddies were out drinking and on a Saturday night. And he said, uh, we came by a, a church. I, I know now at, at that time it was a Pentecostal church, and I... I stepped inside just to, to see what was, people were shouting and dancing and clapping and singing, and, and they had guitars, and I was kind of a guitar player at that time, and, and I, I felt something in that church all of these years. I've been looking to feel that same feeling that I felt when I was a kid in Arkansas. He said, Pastor, I felt it here today, and I want to be saved. And he came up, Sammy helped him come up, and he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we baptized him in Jesus' name. Sometimes we let God interrupt our program for a purpose. For a reason, it's important. He was faithful all the way. And somebody picked him up every church service. And he died in the faith. I learned a great big lesson that day. I don't ever want to forget it. It's not my program that counts. It's his program that really, really counts. 
It's not my ability, but it's his spirit and his anointing that gets the job done. So, so many times we want to put God on the cleanup committee when he should be the chairman of the planning committee. I'm going to repeat this again and again and again. Without him, we can do nothing. Without him, we will surely fail. Without him, we will be drifting like a ship without a sail. I'm going to wrap up. He was a famous composer. Paderewski was his name. And he was scheduled to perform in a famous concert hall in New York City. It was kind of one of those evenings that you would like to re remember. Uh, the famous and well-known people were there for this concert. And uh, probably some of the rich and the elite, um, they had their tuxedo tuxedos on and their evening gowns probably. But there was also a lady there who brought her uh, six- or seven-year-old son. She, she wanted him to see what could be done with the, the piano. Because she was trying to encourage him to play the piano. I, I think, I think my, my son, uh, Rob, was encouraged to take piano, but he ended up with a guitar. So that was okay. Uh, my mother was a piano teacher for 50 years, and uh, I'm not even sure what C is. So she was so meaningful in trying to get him to get a feeling about the piano lessons. She, she hoped that her, her boy would just hear this famous, famous pianist, Paderewski. So while they were there, they were waiting on the concert guy to come out. She was talking to her friends, and she looked back, and her son was gone. Where did he go? And then all of a sudden, she saw him on the stage sitting down to the piano. I mean, that would be the mom's worst nightmare. You're, you're there with so many dignitaries, so many musicians, 
why did I let my son get up there? And he's on, he's on the piano. And he's playing chopsticks. And so the crowd just, who left that boy down up there? Somebody go get him, please, and get him off of there. And, and the famous piano player, Paderewski, comes out. And he sits down by this six-year-old, seven-year-old boy who's doing chopsticks. And the story says he turned to the boy and he said, let's do this together. And so he started improvising with chapsticks. And before it was over, the crowd stood and applause. What he said was to the boy, look, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. The audience got quiet. So what is the lesson I'm trying to say tonight. We hammer away at our projects day and night, night and day. Sometimes we try to do it on our own because we are feeling that we are expected to do it on our own. And uh, it ends up being about as significant as chopsticks. And some will laugh and say, well, who, who do you think you are? Or who let you up there? Or somebody get rid of that person. But just, my point is, just when we need him most, the master slips up beside us and he leans over us and whispers, don't stop. Keep trying. I'll help you. Whatever challenge you have in life, whatever disappointment you have in life, whatever, whatever is going on in your life, let the Lord help you. Let's stand. I know there's some people here who need help. I felt that. I'm not going to call anybody out. But the Lord can add a special touch to your feeble, sometimes, failures. He can. He improvises, he improves, and he anoints every time. He will take our feeble efforts and add his blessing and his anointing.
he will take what could be a disaster and make it something useful and beautiful. So dream a big dream. Nothing ever happens if we don't have a dream. But God must be included in our dreams and in our plans. I have great faith for this church. I have respect and honor your pastor and his staff, his wife. I have great expectations. The Lord tarries. There will be more room for more people in this church. But God must always be included in our dreams and in our projects. If we will come and let him help us, sometimes compared to the great task before us, anything that we try to do in our own ability is kind of like playing. Does anybody know how to play chopsticks? Yes, please. That's the best you could do? I'm, I'm not making fun of her. I, I, I've known her all of her life. Now just continue the way you are been taught and the way you've learned to play. Okay, thank you. There's something about music that draws not only the presence of God, but it draws us to his presence. So dream a big dream. But always let him help us. And he will come. When you least expect him, he will come. He will come. And he will add the right touch and the anointing at the right moment. We need him in every service. We need him in our singing, in our worship. We need him in our programs, our preaching, in our homes. He must be the surgeon in every operation. He must be the star of every show. We still need him. Every time, any time. All the time. First Corinthians 3, 9 and 11, and I'm closing. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon.
for no other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Together means together. There's not anything that this church cannot accomplish together in concert, collectively. Well, I've got my opinion. I've got my opinion. Well, your opinion might be good and it may not be good. Really? Yeah, may not. Together as a church, as a church family, together with the pastor and his wife, and most important, together with God. I don't know what you're going to try to sing, but I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour, I need thee. And Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.